This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here to preview week eight for the Carolina Panthers, traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. We're going to talk about that in a bit. We're going to go over some NFL news, talk about some power rankings. But as the NFL trade deadline approaches, we thought it would be fun to talk about a few potential trades that the Panthers might make Mm -hmm. to improve the team either this year or maybe for the future. Um, so I'd like to go ahead and start off with a trade that I think is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to disagree uh, with this. I yeah. know. Uh, we did post this to Reddit. Got a lot of agreement. Got a couple of disagreements. But, but... We, uh, we asked Reddit if they had any trade scenarios, and I gave them what you had already told me mm-hmm. you wanted. Yes. And that is, I would like the Carolina Panthers to go out and trade for tight end O.J. Howard. Now, he plays currently for the Buccaneers, who are a divisional opponent. Mm -hmm. Trade's probably not going to happen. It's probably not exactly realistic. But as I thought through the lineup that we have, the position groups, tight end felt to me like the group that we could improve on the most. Right? Like, Greg Olson is, he's fine, but he's not what he used to be. And this was probably his last year. He's been doing a lot of announcing things. He did the, uh, was it the Vikings game or whatever over the weekend during the bye week? He yeah, uh, he was on the Cardinals Giants Giants game. game. That's right. He got a lot of praise too. He did. I mean, people said that if he retired tomorrow, he'd have a job the next day. Yeah, they're already saying that he probably has a Monday night slot because Booger sucks. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> Joe Testor is not much better. So. Uh, yeah, but I, I would anticipate this is Greg's last year. Ian Thomas, the tight end we drafted last year, you know, he showed a couple of things last year, but he hasn't really been getting any opportunities this year. And I looked at the snap counts. Uh, he's only had, I think, 37, and Chris Manhurts has 130-something. I think they're using more of the tight end for a blocking situation, especially with how banged up our offensive line is so i don't i just don't think he's getting out there because of that if he's not a good blocking tight end that's a problem number one because you like your tight end to be a good blocker i mean gronkowski was one of the best blocking blocker i don't think he's that great of a blocker is he i don't have that information off the top of my head well you're wanting to trade for him i know ian thomas is apparently not a good blocker he's not as good as i think we can i think we can assess that from the evidence at hand and I know Ian Thomas is not a great pass catcher because we saw him play last year, and like I said, he looked okay. But he didn't have a lot of good games. He had decent games for he had a tight end. A couple end. of good, good. I games. think you got spoiled with Greg Olson. Yes, not, I did get spoiled. With you Greg got Olson. spoiled with Greg Olson, thinking that you're going to have a thousand yard tight end. They don't get thousand yards very often. I never thought Ian Thomas was going to be a thousand yard tight end. Well, obviously, I don't think he's going to be a 500 yard tight. I think if he started, he would be about six to seven hundred and fifty yards. No, no, not even close. Not even close. I don't think he's very good. He was drafted as a project. Mm -hmm. He did not play a lot of football prior to what his junior year in college. Yes. So 
who knows if he's even good. Obviously, he's got a little bit of athleticism or he wouldn't have gotten drafted. But O.J. Howard has a ton of athleticism. He's bigger than Ian Thomas. He's got, and he's been a bust as a first-round He's pick. not been a bust at all. For, he's, not being, he's not being used at all this year. And he hasn't been used very well previous years through different coaches. You keep saying... Yes, Dirk Cutter, who is a bad coach, and Bruce Arians, who does not use a tight end. Dirk Cutter... Drafted him. Why Dirk would he Cutter not use him? Dirk Cutter is a bad the... coach. Oh. He's, he He's had... an offensive-minded coach. Wouldn't he try to get yes, him the ball? Yes, how long did he last? And what was their record? He's not a good coach but at But don't all. you think he would try to force him the ball? I, even if he did try to force him the ball, what is that helping anybody? He they only got, had they two, good, Mike two Evans or three and good games at college, They had too. Mike Evans on that team. They had Deshaun Jackson on that team. They had some other person on that team that was getting a lot of receptions. I mean, maybe there just wasn't a lot enough balls to go around for a rookie in that year. And then last year he got hurt, but he was on pace for 900 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. This year he's just not being used. Well, his look at his numbers and compare them to Greg Olson prior to coming to Carolina. They are very similar, very similar. Untapped potential. Now, you want to talk about a scheme fit disaster is when Greg Olson was in Chicago, they ran the ball nonstop. It was the old John Fox style. That's why he didn't fit in there. While O.J. Howard is in a pass-happy offense, currently John Fox and was previous, our coach when Greg no, Olson no, was no. there. But when he was there, I said a John Fox style. I don't remember the exact coach well, I think it was. Bruce Arians just doesn't use the tight end. I mean, there's a lot of coaches you that just don't Bruce have... You keep Bruce Arians. That's six games in. We're six games in. Yeah, he is their current coach. Yes, and if he does but, not value the tight end, then he would be the one trading him. That's why I keep bringing him up. It's well, relevant I'm, to the conversation. I'm saying that Dirk Cutter is a bad coach. Why didn't he use why didn't he use OJ Howard? Because he had Mike Evans, he had Deshaun Jackson. Then he why had didn't he draft other, him? I don't know. I'm, you're asking me to get into the mind of someone who sucks. I don't know. Alright. Anyways, <laughs> I don't think this is gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen either. What what would you okay? Let's say what would you be comfortable with trading for a a tight end with a lot of potential who maybe hasn't gone and he yet? only has what one year left on his contract too? I don't know that information. Yeah, you're wanting to trade and you don't know that information. <laughs> Jeez. I know Greg Olson's probably not going to be here next year, and I know Ian Thomas is not the answer at tight end. You know, Ian Thomas is. I would be willing to make a beer bet of the year for you. Or with you right now, that Ian Thomas does not catch more than 500 pass, 500 receiving yards in any season for the rest of his career. I mean, I'm willing to take that beer bet of the year because we're gonna forget about it. No, I'm gonna remember. <laughs> okay, 500 receiving yards for in any season. Any for his season career. in his career. Okay, not gonna happen. Deal. OJ Howard will have multiple but- thousand yard receiving seasons. <laughs> By the way, back to your question, what would I be willing? I would say maybe a compensatory. I can't say the word compensatory. Compensatory. Pick. Yes, there we go. Pick. Words are third, hard. Third, third round pick, or maybe a fourth round pick. So you would trade a third. A late third, yes. Okay. Well, if we're good this year, all of our thirds will be late. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, um, yeah. I think that makes sense. A third round pick. You could talk me into a late second just because I'm pretty high on O.J. Howard, but I think that would be too much. 
I, though I think I'd be happy with it if we got him. I think he probably will get traded, and I think it'll probably end up being a second round pick. But we'll get we'll get to this in a minute. But I thought that the Patriots might be a destination for him, and they just traded their second round pick for yeah. a wide receiver. So that's probably not going to happen. But um, okay, so OJ Howard is was my thoughts, uh-huh. um, and I think that improves an area of need. What about you? What do you think? I personally say don't trade for anybody this year. I say we roll over the cap space, the $17 million in cap space we have till next year. But that doesn't make a fun show. So I'm going to go... Boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my honest thought. But if we're having to trade for anybody, and again, I'm not going crazy and stupid. I'm thinking logically. I'm going Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker. The... He's six foot three, two hundred nine pounds. He's a bigger guy. He was a first round pick a few years ago. He hasn't really panned out to be a first round pick, but he's a bigger guy that could play the X receiver. And I think we could probably get him for like a fifth or a sixth round pick. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a bust. I think this guy would be more of a bust category than OJ Howard. You're right, but uh, I agree with you. I think for a fifth or a sixth round pick, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to bring him in because he is. He would give us a little bit of versatility mm-hmm. in our wide receivers, who right now are all five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pounds, and basically do the same things. Um, I would love to have a bit of a taller, you know, especially in the red zone, a mm-hmm. uh, threat like that. Which is another reason why I thought OJ Howard because he's he's just a huge guy. Yep. Um, so yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, he's currently has eighteen receptions, two hundred eighty four yards, and three touchdowns. I mean. Again, we're talking about depth. Mm-hmm. With Chris Hogan going on IR, even though he is slotted to return, right now we have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Jarius Wright, and then what's behind them? I mean, <laughs> Zay, or Zil- Zilstra, ZZ, yeah, whatever his name is. And that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, we just promoted White yeah. from the practice squad, and we signed Braxton Miller. Uh, to the practice squad yes um so i mean technically we have five wide receivers on the roster but i don't think you you get past jarius wright you're in trouble yeah and i think jarius wright is a good slot receiver i wouldn't want to see wouldn't him, on want him starting no not not on the outside so that's who i got now again we asked reddit this over the weekend so their first one does have some names that have already been traded this suggestion came from Reddit from BBQ. I like the name. Uh, I think we need an experienced wide receiver like AJ Green or Emmanuel Sanders to complete this office. Uh, he went on to say that he likes Curtis and DJ, but with Hogan going to HR, which we already discussed. IR. Uh, IR. <laughs> he has a human resources complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Other jobs slipping in. <laughs> Um, basically, I like AJ Green. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has already been traded. I would have liked him, but I kind of think he's similar to Curtis and DJ, mm-hmm. the way he fits in. Yep. I'm just afraid what Cincinnati values AJ Green for. That's the question, right? Like, number one question is AJ Green going to be healthy? Yep. They're, they're already saying that he probably will not be ready to play until after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Mohamed Sanu just got traded for a second round pick. Emmanuel Sanders got traded for a third and a fourth, and then a basically for Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth. Yeah. So 
AJ Green is better than both of those guys when healthy. Do they value him at a first round pick? I, and he's also fifteen million dollars against a cap. Right. How many do you know his contract situation? It's a couple years left. I think this may be his last year. Okay. I, That's right. I, this I, is his last year. I was gonna yeah. say I glanced at it earlier, but I don't So the cap really doesn't really matter that much, well, I guess, it, unless you want to roll over. Yeah. But you know, if you think that he's your missing piece for a Super Bowl, I think it's worth the trade, obviously. But I don't know about a first round pick though for him. Would you trade a first round pick right now for a Super Bowl win? Of course you would. Everyone would. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's not guaranteeing. <laughs> no, it's Super not Bowl. guaranteed. But if they if that's what they're thinking is, and I don't think it is. No. But if that's what they're thinking is, then I could see it. Um, but I wouldn't give anything. I wouldn't really give anything more than a third round pick for AJ Green, just because of the health situation and the fact that this is the last year of his yeah, contract. It's, it's renting a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, another Reddit suggestion from Below Average Thirteen. He wouldn't mind a power back power back to complement. CMC. Well, CJ Anderson's available. Yeah, I, that's the first name I thought of too. And I, was, I think it's not a bad idea. But we get... tr- didn't we try that last year? Yeah, and it didn't really work out. Cameron I... Artis Payne just signed with the XFL. Yeah, I I don't know many power backs that are out there. I'm sure that we probably could find one, and I don't think it's a horrible idea, especially to give Christian McCaffrey some rest, especially on those goal line carries or short yardage distance. I guess if you think that they would use a power back, it's a good idea. I just don't think they'd use one. Yeah. And I think that when Cam comes back, he's going to fill that role more than likely, especially at the goal line um, or those short yardage situations. At least I hope that he. I hope he's healthy enough to do that. Um, but I, as far as trading to go get one, I don't know really who would be out there that I'd want to give up a pick for. Yeah. And we, I, especially when you feel like you could probably find someone on the free agent list. I also think Alex Arma might be that guy in their own Yeah, head. that's true. They already have him. Um, but it's not a bad suggestion. No. Uh, moving on, I do not know how to say this name from Reddit. I've RT he? I farted. Ah! <laughs> I, well, I really did not pick that up until you said that. But that was great. No, I just did. um i say we trade daryl williams while he still has value as dennis daly and greg little have both shown great potential i think you this is a very good idea i think we could probably get maybe a second or third round pick for a right tackle right guard that was a all pro a couple years ago i think that would be the only way that i would want to do it Mm -hmm. is if you could get that high of a pick anything more than a third i wouldn't want because i think the depth that he provides at o-line is very important we've seen injuries yeah. just decimate our o-line throughout the years and having a guy like him especially who's proven on the right side and he's good you know he's a pro bowl player uh last several years so I mean, before he got hurt but um if we could get a second or a third round pick hell yeah yeah i'd and love to trade him and Teams are needy for offensive mm-hmm. linemen. Again, that's if we could get something really of value for him. I know he looked awful at left tackle, but he's not a left-handed guy. He shouldn't be on the left side of the Correct. line. Yep. They tried it. It failed. He needs to be on the right. And that's a good – that also kind of brings up another point. Is there anyone that, other than maybe Daryl Williams that you would consider trading off the team that you feel like we have sufficient depth at a position 
to maybe get a couple of picks? Uh, I thought about it. There's not much. Yeah. We have good depth, but I think we have good depth for what we're doing. I don't think we have like a guy that brings a lot of value in return for him. Yeah. You know who I was thinking, uh, going back to that power back? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Elijah Holyfield kind of that role? And don't we have him on the practice squad? I think we do still have him on so the practice te- squad. If we, technically, if we needed a guy like that, we could just promote him from the practice squad mm-hmm. and dump Scarlett on the practice squad because Scarlett's not doing anything for us. No. And I don't think Scarlett would fit that role. No, Scarlett's a little bit smaller. Yeah. But that's a good one. So... With the trade scenarios, this is going to bring up our beer bit of the week. Uh, will the Panthers make a trade before the deadline? Any trade. Not not specifically one of these we've talked about. Oh, yes. Any trade. I say yes. I think that Herney, I don't know if it's going to be one of these huge ones, but I do think that we're going to s- trade for maybe a back half wide receiver or, um, hell, maybe even offensive line depth or defensive line depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that they'll end up trading maybe a, a fifth round pick for somebody. So I say yes. Okay. I think, I honestly think we're going to roll the money over. And if we were going to make a trade, we probably would have made a trade for a punt returner slash decent receiver. Like, you know, bottom Dorch. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that we're going to make a trade because I feel if we were going to do that, we'd have done it last week. Bring someone in. So I'm going to go no. Okay. Well, this beer bet might not be settled until the actual trade deadline day, which I think is Tuesday. Yeah, it's next Tuesday. Yeah. So um, come back next Wednesday to hear the results of that beer Thursdays. Beer. We record on Wednesday. The show comes out. Come back Thursday. <laughs> Unless you're West Coast, Jerry, in which case it could be Wednesday. You are correct. Thank you. You, you posted Thank you. at Or midnight. Hawaiian time, which as we know is six hours less than what we are now. I'm sure we have a big following in Hawaii right now. Hey, we do have a big following in Germany. Shout out to my German listeners. You guys are awesome. There are several of you, surprisingly, that is the highest number of listeners outside of the United States is in Germany. I have German heritage, so I feel like maybe that's... My wife was born in Germany. Look at that. Maybe it's your wife's family over there. That that could be. I doubt it, but... That would make me a little sad. I, I just hope that it's a random <laughs> German citizen who found our podcast. But hey, shout out to Germany and uh, hit us up on meowmixpodcast at gmail.com. Meowmixmailbag at gmail.com uh, if you want to say hello. So now last week we weren't able to go over the power rankings because, well, we, we took the bye with the Panthers. Yep. So I have not seen the power rankings this week and I... I've been sick, and I've medicined myself up to forget what the last week's power rankings were. So I'm going to go blind faith here on the Panthers. I'm going to say NFL's.com's power rankings by Dan Hansis has us at 13. You would be 100% correct. Woohoo! Seriously? Yep. <laughs> last year, or last week, we were ranked 12. Oh. So we lost How did we lose a spot, a spot by taking a bye? Well, oh, the, wait, a Dallas couple of, Cowboys a couple jumped of teams us. jumped us. Actually, the Cowboys were already ahead of us. Mm. Of course they were, because they're the Cowboys. So, the Jets smacked Dallas around, but yet they still were above us? They were at number 11 last week, and they are now up to number 7. 
with that win against uh, whoever they played. <laughs> with that win against the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, uh, we are sitting at number 13. Directly ahead of us are the Colts, who actually are the team that jumped us. They went up to 14, or from 14 to 12. And uh, actually, the Ravens also jumped us. They were 17 last week and went up to 10. They were the highest risers this Aren't week. Aren't they 3-3? Three and three? The Ravens are 5-2. and two. Oh, okay. They've won three in a row. And... Lamar Jackson has run the ball very well in those wins. So um, it'll be interesting when he goes up against a better defense. Maybe like a defense that can scheme well. I think anything that Bilichek puts out there will be able to scheme against him. It'll be interesting how he plays then. It'll be fun to see. Assuming the Ravens make the playoffs, if they end up facing Belichick in the playoffs how how he holds them to seven points yeah because it's gonna happen <laughs> um biggest follower this week any oh, guesses oh. chicago bears because they have no offense you are correct they fell six spots from number nine to number 15 so two teams vaulted us and one team uh we we jumped and that was the bears so i'm on fire you I really are. don't look at these you either <laughs> um dolphins are still in last place I wouldn't say. Cincinnati right behind them. Actually, uh, the Redskins are ranked 31. Cincinnati's 30. So Dan Hansis, I know you don't want to <clears> watch <throat> Cincinnati, but you might want to watch them to see how bad they actually are. The uh, Falcons actually jumped up a spot. <laughs> Went up to 27. Didn't they just get spanked last week? Like, <laughs> they bad? They did. They and lost that, five and in a row. Ryan's hurt? They lost five in a row, and they went up a spot. Uh, the Buccaneers actually also went up a spot during their bye. So they're up 28. So yeah, two NFC South teams, 27th and 28th in the power rankings. And then us at 13 and the Saints are at number two. I think I think Tampa Bay is probably a little underrated there. I think they should be up a little bit higher, not too much. I think, I think they're a decent team. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're decent. Yeah, I think maybe mid upper mid 20s something like yeah. that 22 to 25 something like yeah, that yeah that's exactly where i'm thinking um any guesses on where the 49ers are ranked uh, 5 number 3 Ooh, close which i think is a little high we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it in our game preview but i think that's a little high uh we'll round out the top 10 here the packers are at 4 uh vikings at 5 seahawks down one spot to 6 Cowboys up four spots to seven. The Chiefs dropped to eighth. The Texans, ninth. I love how the Texans haven't been below us, even though we beat them. We had a better record than them. We're they're, still always below yeah, them. They're four and three, and they're ninth in power rankings. And then the Ravens round out the top ten. And uh, Patriots one, New Orleans two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Patri- no. Sorry, I didn't say Patriots one, but yes. And then the Bills actually dropped a spot to uh, number eleven. Yeah, they even though they're five a and one last week, but yeah, they're they're a good team. Six teams ahead of them in the power rankings with worse records. Not shocked. No, that feels like a little bit of fool's gold. That five and one. Yeah, I, I think they're a good team. They're going to be a wild card playoff team, but maybe. I do. I think they are. You got to think they get to play the Dolphins. They do have a very weak division. Outside of the Patriots, yeah, which they've already played once, and 
that's where their loss came from. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you figure one more loss to the Patriots, and then yeah, you're right. That's a it's a really weak a- a- AFC this year. So, yeah. all right. Uh, well, that's the power rankings. I'm gonna take a quick break and then come back yep. with uh, some NFL news. Sounds great. All right, we'll be right back. After my first few episodes, some of my newfound fans called me a lore master, which was an honor and so epically cool. But the thing is, I desire to be known as the lore master. So, this is the tale of the rise of an epic podcast that critics say is redefining a genre. The tale of a man who decided that his calling in life was to give a future to the past. The saga of Arjun, your lore master. Come dream with me as we go deep into our stories. If you think you've been taken to a battlefield before, I assure you, you're mistaken. So take a deep breath, let it out slowly, put some smoke in the air if you choose, and prepare to let your mind flow to my voice as we go deep. Welcome to Deep Into History, available everywhere. And we are back. Time for some NFL news. Jerry, what do we have? <sighs> we got some news here. Uh, Detroit Lions plays starting running back Carrion Johnson onto IR this week. That's a big deal. That he's the, he's a good running back, and was having a decent season. And they don't have much behind him currently. I mean, they could make a trade. I've heard rumors of Melvin Gordon getting traded there. That's always that would be interesting. I mean, yeah. Melvin Gordon is going to come up in any running running back. back needy team trade scenario, but that one makes sense. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that team is good. I know what are they two, three, and one now? Yeah. But I feel like they're a solid 2-3-1. and one. I think they're better than some of the better record teams. Yeah, it's tough in the NFC, though. That's so good. Yes. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, even if they make a trade for a running back. Mm-hmm. Now, the Falcons, on the other spectrum, are packing in for the season. Uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier. They traded wide receiver Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots for a second-round pick. Good value for him. Yeah, I a mean... A guy that was third on their wide receiver depth chart. I mean, they're not going anywhere. I don't blame them for this pit, this move. A second-round pick's really nice. I know it's from the Patriots. It's probably so going to be the very end of the second yeah, round, but yeah, still. 30-32, to 32, you could go ahead and pretty much pencil it in. Well, that would be for a first round. Uh, second round, too. Well, yeah, right, 30... 30- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like, probably like the 60th pick or yeah. something. 60 to 64. Second round, yeah. 30th to 32. Yeah. Okay. Um, Falcons also dealing with a Matt Ryan injury. Yeah. Uh, ankle injury, I think. And they said he was going to play. They Well, they said he's going to try to play. So, unsure. Not sure why they would want him to play. I don't either. It's kind of weird. The season's over. Fire yeah. Dan Quinn. You bench Matt Ryan when he's injured. You don't want him yeah, hurt. Yeah, don't let him go out there and hurt himself even more. I mean, I personally am fine with him getting hurt more, but... Well, you know, we don't ever like to see someone get hurt. All right. Detroit Lions traded safety Quandre Diggs and a seventh-round pick to the Seahawks for a fifth-round pick in return. Quandre? Quandre Diggs is our captain, too. He was a starter for them, yeah. Uh, kind of surprising and no value at all. No. I mean, Very it's a fifth-round pick. Yeah, He's a starter, a captain. A lot of the Lions players have come out and very angrily upset about this trade. Kind of weird, too. I mean, maybe with Johnson going down, they're thinking their season's shot. But to only get a seventh for somebody like that is a little 
It's a little strange. Supposedly, the front office is really big on two young safeties that they have there, but I, I don't like this as a team-building type of situation. I mean, you're just you're pissing off your team. Yeah. yeah. They're not going anywhere anyway. Now, another trade happened. The Broncos traded wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth-round pick to the 49ers for a third and a fourth-round pick. And... Emmanuel Sanders is going to play against the Panthers this week. Yeah, we talked about this a little earlier. Um, that that compensation feels about right. Um, yeah. Basically, it's for a third-round pick, and then you're swapping fourth and fifth-round picks. Um, and then I think Emmanuel Sanders in the last year of his contract as well. So if you lose him, then you you probably get a third-round compensatory pick. Yeah. So it's almost you're almost just doing it for a pick swap of fourth and fifth-round picks. Which is not bad at all. I don't think they would get a third. Uh, I think they would. I think probably a fourth or fifth. But we'll see. I think they could. I think they could get a third. We'll yeah. say. And um, I think he also becomes their number one receivers. And honestly, looking over their receiving stats, he automatically pretty much does. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. We'll get into the week eight preview. Uh, Carolina is flying out to San Francisco. San Francisco is a five and a half point favorite out of vegas have you ever been to san francisco no i have not i have it's a lovely town nice lovely town i went to the ghirardelli chocolate factory mm-hmm. where they make ghirardelli chocolate mm-hmm. really cool yeah. cool place and uh my brother was dating this girl at the time whose mother or aunt or something knew like the manager of that place so we got like a behind the scenes tour and then we were able to basically get whatever we wanted from the gift shop for free mm. Chocolate. That was awesome. <laughs> I think we took advantage a little bit because the guy was, yeah, he seemed a little upset at the amount of things we were getting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he didn't charge us, so <laughs> it was fun. Um, anyway, back to the game. Um, I think San Francisco, even though they are undefeated right now, they're six and zero. It feels like you know how we were talking about the Bills was a little bit of fool's gold. This feels similar to me. They have a 282 strength of schedule. So their opponents' combined records are 282, essentially. They've won 28% of their games. That's low. That's among the lowest in NFL. I think the Patriots are the only team that's lower, mm-hmm. and that's just because of their division. Um, the 49ers have only played one division game. They played the Rams. They beat the Rams. They beat them pretty convincingly. But I think... You would probably be fair to say this is going to be both the 49ers and the Panthers' toughest game so far. I agree with that. Um... Let's look at the injury report real quick before we get too far into this. For San Francisco, uh, George Kittle was actually just added to the injury report this week, today. Uh, though he's been off and on the injury report for the last couple of weeks with a groin. I would expect him to play. Yeah. Um, Joe Staley, one of their tackles has a lower leg injury and he also is questionable i i heard he's actually most likely not gonna play but he has a slim chance of playing they've got a couple of other guys that are um verified to be out this week kyle Yuschek, uh their fullback who actually is a pretty big part of their offense he's out and mike mcglinchy another tackle is out um Akello Witherspoon, one of their cornerbacks, is doubtful for the game. Mm-hmm. And then DJ Jones and Debo Samuel are, are listed as questionable. 
So that's the injury report for the 49ers. Anybody, I mean, other than Kittle, I guess, and Staley, doesn't really sound like there's too much to worry about there for them. No. Uh, hopefully, it sounds like their O-line's pretty banged up. Maybe we can... Yeah, maybe we can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, for the Panthers, we've had some long injury reports the last several weeks. This one's not as long, which you would hope coming off the bye. Yes. But it is still kind of long for coming off the bye. Um, players that did not participate in practice, this is today, Wednesday, 10-23. Uh, Brian Burns, Dennis Daly, Greg Little, Christian Miller, and obviously Cam Newton are all not participating in practice. Most of them did participate on the side, which is better than just not being there at all, mm-hmm. of course. Um, limited participants are Gerald McCoy and Shaq Thompson. I think both of them are expected to play. And then full participants in practice, Mario Addison, Dante Jackson, which is very nice to Woo-hoo. hear. Um, Tyler Larson, Greg Olson, Eric Reed, and Trey Turner, who also is expected to play this week. Yeah. And Brian Burns, he did not practice today. He had surgery last week That's right. on his wrist. He's come out and said he's, he's going to play. So they'll probably just tape up his club hand like they did previously if yeah. need be yeah i'd be shocked if he didn't play so that's definitely a good thing um these are actually former nfc west rivals again that's right another another game against the yeah. former NFC South, or nfc west rival that's funny yep just wanted to throw that out there before i forgot to say that <laughs> you know a george seifert game that's right yep both te- both teams at one point coached by the hall of fame coach george seifert but that's not where the similarities really end. Really, these tier teams are very similar mirror images of each other. They play really good defense. They want to run the ball, and that's how they beat you. Yeah. Um, defenses are very, very similar. Points allowed per game. The 49ers are only allowing 10.7 po- ga- points per game. Uh, that ranks second in the league. 10.7? Mm-hmm. 10.7. That's second wow. to the Patriots. The Panthers, meanwhile, are giving up 22.2 points per game. That's 15th. I would say a lot of those points have come off short fields from turnovers, though. Yes. That, again, yeah. stats don't always tell everything. Yeah, right. Uh, pass yards allowed. We're... Top ranked for a while there, but then our last game, you know, <laughs> Tampa Bay happened, and yeah, yeah, four hundred and something yards, even though it's all garbage po- yards. Well, the new number one team is the 49ers. Mm-hmm. They average one hundred and thirty-three yards per game, giving up. Now, we should mention that last week they played in a monsoon against the Redskins yes. and gave up zero points and virtually no yards. So yes. that is going to weigh heavily on these stats. Uh, about a fifth of the stats or so. Yeah, 20%. That's a lot. Yeah. So, while the Carolina Panthers, they went up to 225 yards, which is seventh in the league. Still, Still good. Still good. Still really good. Rush yards allowed. This is where the similarities end. <laughs> yes. The 49ers are giving up 90 yards per game, which is eighth in the league. Really good. Panthers have been giving up 119. 23rd in the league. Yeah. That's that's this Panthers defense Achilles heel. I'm shocked that that's the Achilles heel, 
but that's what it's it is. It's been a strength for so many years, but yeah. maybe switching to the 3-4 has changed that a little bit. Yep. Now let's move on. Another important stat, sacks. 49ers have 20, which is fifth in the league. Panthers have 27. So First in the league. First in the league. At, even after the bye, which yeah. is nice. So we we are getting after the quarterback quite a bit. And that's a big drop off from first to five to fifth. Seven different extra sacks. Yeah. It's just one game for us. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the way they've been playing. Uh really that's the key of the game, I think, is stopping that run and getting after Garoppolo, make him make mistakes. He's and done it before. He is susceptible to making mistakes. He's already got six interceptions this season. Only seven touchdowns, so mm-hmm. that's not a good touchdown interception percentage. Um, he does; he's pretty accurate with the ball when he's not throwing interceptions, though. He's almost at seventy percent completion percentage, but he does turn the ball over. Yeah, and we, especially the last couple of games, have been really good at taking the ball away. Yeah, we've been very opportunistic with the ball, and that's. That's when Panthers' defenses are the best under Rivera, mm-hmm. is when they're opportunistic and turning the ball over. But I think the key here is we've got to stop the run before, you know, to force him to start forcing throws. Now, unlike the Panthers, they have a stable that they use to run the ball. Matt Burita has 73 attempts. Tevin Coleman has 60 attempts. And Raheem Mostert, I butchered that name, 45 attempts. And they're all averaging pretty good. Five and a half, uh, five and a half yards for Burita. Uh, five and a half for Raheem. And Tevin Coleman's the worst out of with 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah, Coleman I know is used as the pass catching back a, mm-hmm. a lot as well. Um, and of course Coleman being a, a Falcon for pretty much his whole career up until this year. Panthers fans know a lot about him, and he often tears up Panthers' defense. Yes. So I'm not looking forward to playing against him. No. That seems to be a Panthers' weakness is those pass-catching running backs, even yeah. though they face one every practice. But, yeah. Uh, so the biggest person is 73 attempts by Matt Breida. Any guesses on how many attempts Christian McCaffrey has on this season already? Oh my God, what was it? And he has a bye. <laughs> Fourteen hundred. <laughs> no, no, L- a little lower. Uh, I would say it's at least what one hundred and twenty. One hundred and twenty-seven. Yep. Yeah, yeah he's he's well on his way to four hundred. as yeah. we, we've talked about before. Yeah, this is gonna be, I think, a defensive battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what the stats say. But I do think that, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, I think the San Francisco is a little bit overrated just based on their quality of competition. The Panthers actually have a pretty high strength of schedule. I think it's over 500. So we've been playing some tough teams, and we've been beating some good teams the last several weeks, um, really up until we played Tampa Bay, I guess. So this obviously would be the best team Mm -hmm. record-wise that we've beaten. And I think we're going to. I think we're going to. I think Kyle Allen's going to come out and play mistake-free football. I think we're going to find a way to run on them. We're coming off a bye now. The Panthers coming off a bye under Ron Rivera, only three and five, so not great coming off a bye. But we are well rested. We're going to be as healthy as we've been 
probably since week two. And I think Kyle Allen is going to be playing for his job a little bit in this game. Uh, we had we didn't really mention it, but Cam is back to practice this week. Even though he's on the side, he is there, which is an improvement over the past several weeks. Yeah. So you kind of get the feeling that Kyle's days might be limited, especially if he loses this game. And it's it. Anyways, I know that they've been supporting each other on social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. He still has to. He's still in the back of his head. Even if he knows Cam's coming back and he's going to get replaced eventually, even if they've already told him, hey, you know, when Cam's healthy, you're gone. Mm-hmm. You're not gone. You're. I don't back think, to the and back. I don't think they told him that. No, but if even if they did, he's probably thinking, that's fine. In two years, I will ha- be starting somewhere because some other team is watching this and is going to probably make a move for me. That could very well be. I mean, any game action he's in, you know, oh, this year is a bonus, and he's really showing what he can do and so far he's looked good yeah you know he's, he's looked competent and he's making quick decisions that's what i've really liked yeah. about him is i haven't noticed any delay of games like we have with cam before mm-hmm. i've noticed that he's getting the ball out extremely quick um i know we he has that fumbling problem and i think that's part of the reason why he gets the ball out so quick the past couple <laughs> games is he was told either sit on the ball or get it out right yeah. away yeah, and you gotta have that, but you gotta have that mental clock as a quarterback. Yes, and getting the ball out too fast, I don't think anyone's ever said that that's a bad thing. No, because he seems to still be making his reads. Mm-hmm. I think he just processes information very quickly, and you know he gets the plays in and he goes, and I like that about him. So he's getting the, the players to the line quickly, and that's something that we haven't seen Cam do a lot in the last couple of years. You know, Cam likes to kind of lollygag back there a little bit rub his hands together, kneel down in the cuddle. You know, uh, I wish he didn't do that. I still think Cam should be the quarterback coming back. But Kyle Allen does some things that I like better than some of the things Cam does. I mean, you just have to say that. And obviously his uh, completion percentage is higher than, you know, what Cam historically has been. But this game, like you said, is going to come down to, I think, who can stop the run and who can run the ball. Yep, I agree. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee either either of these teams being able to really, really put up the points. Yeah, we're not going to light it up and over on the air either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Kyle Allen had that one really good game against Arizona, but since then he's really been a game manager, which is fine. He he had a really good game against Tampa too. He had a pretty good game against Tampa. He had a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, which is more than he's had the previous couple of weeks, but. Again, it feels like he is in that more game manager role rather than the game winning role, even though we've been winning games. Um, well, he hasn't had to. The defense has been playing like hell. That's true. And, and this, ho- and this it, could be the week. Yeah. This could be the week where he has to go out and win the game. And and this defense is a tough team to do it on. That's true. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm really excited to see this game. This is an afternoon game. So mm-hmm. it's a was it 4 o'clock, 4 or yeah. 5, whatever game. So, you know... It's going to be kind of have the week to ourselves at that point. Only a couple other games going to be on. So there's going to be a lot of attention on this game. And if he has a good game, if the Panthers have a good game, I think you're going to see a little more national recognition. I do too. I think if we win this game, 
the our power rankings we're going to be at the top 10 we're going to start be talking and they should be and they're going to be talking about the panthers as a potential super bowl you know contender do you feel like this is a must win game for us must win i was thinking about this earlier yeah do you think it's a must, must win game win. i don't think it's a must win i think it's a very important win for recognition and for this team in general i think if we win this game, we end their their winning streak. I think they're walking on clouds. They're feeling that they they can beat anybody. I think it might be a must win. At least that's if I was the Panthers players and coaches, that's how I'd approach it because if you lose this game, you fall to 4 and 3, mm-hmm. you fall two full games out of first place in the division. The NFC South, even at four and two, we're not in a wild card position right now. We're seventh in the NFC standings. Uh, we're a half game out. Because right, we but we but we are seventh. So if we lose, then we full, fall a full game out, mm-hmm. and we're fighting with Seattle, Chicago, Minnesota. So those those are we need to keep winning. Yeah, and New Orleans is playing Arizona. So yeah. as much as Arizona has looked better. I don't see them beating New Orleans. And Drew Brees is probably back this week. That, that's what they're saying is basically, unless he has a setback, he's probably going to play. So they went undefeated with Teddy when we were really hoping that this might be an opportunity for us to catch up to them. They just basically basically played us even. See, and you're talking about must wins. I think when we play New Orleans, those are the must wins right now. But I see what you're saying, that... Even though we're four and two and we're looking good right now, we're already playing catch up. Even yeah, we start off zero and two, and this is a big game. I just a I really game. feel like we've had must wins since week three. That every week has been a must win, and I think this is another one. Hmm. And maybe next week, you know, if we're sitting three games above five hundred, I'll feel a little differently. But I think this is this is going to be such a big win. Yeah. Like like you said, it's going to be such a big win if we can do it and take down the undefeated team and go out to the West Coast and beat a good team. It's just going to be I just feel like it's a must win. I feel like you really need to win this game. For the recognition for yourself and maybe for Kyle Allen. Okay. Well, do you have any bold predictions for this game? I do, but why don't you go first? My bold prediction is DJ Moore will have his first 100 yards receiving game this year. He's not going to get just 100. He's going to go over 125. That would be his second highest total against a team that only gives up 133 yards per game so far. I think he's going to break off one that's going to be 80 yards, and then he's going to get the rest, you know, another 40, 60 yards through his normal dip and dunks. So that is my bold predictions. DJ Moore, 125 yards or more. That's a good one. That's bold. Um, My bold prediction is I think we pick off Jimmy Garoppolo five times. Oh. Five times. I think we have another back-to-back five pickoff games. I think with Dante Jackson coming back, Bradbury playing great, Cockrell with maybe some newfound confidence playing a lot in the nickel spot, I think we're going to pick him off five times. So we are a ranked ninth 
in or we have nine interceptions on the league. That puts us at second in the league mm-hmm. with our bye. So we're gonna get another five. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's taking him down. I thought about Whoa. saying thought about saying four. Didn't feel bold enough. Okay. You know, if I were you, I might have said DJ Moore two hundred yards. But I'm a bold guy. I'm a bold, <laughs> bold guy. <laughs> and go ahead with your game prediction. All right. <clears throat> I've said it. I think the 49ers are a little overrated. I think this is going to be a defensive game. I think the Panthers are going to win this game 16-13. Originally, I had the 49ers winning this game. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. I knew you were going to change. (laughs) I'm weak, and my heart is Carolina blue. So I have changed it. I think it's going to be a defensive game, but like I said, I think also DJ Moore is going to – have a big play that's going to put us over Panthers 20 49ers 16 okay um Hornets open their season tonight we didn't talk about this before the podcast but uh any predictions for the Hornets season they will be picking they will be in the lottery with one of the top three picks okay I think they would count that as a successful year they shouldn't assign Teddy Rozier then to that contract. So here's what I think. I think the Pan- the Hornets are going to be better than people think to their own detriment. I think they're going to win 30 games this year and pick right around 8th again in the lottery. I think Terry Rozier is actually going to have a pretty good season. And I'm hoping that they can trade him at some point during the season because he's averaging over 20 points a game and he's not that expensive. And... Yeah, I just think for some reason I feel like this these young guys are going to come together and Borrego is going to have some decent game plans and I think they're going to be okay. Okay. Well, that was our Hornets Hornets talk, Corner. I guess that we are doing now that I had no clue as yes. I don't really pay attention to that Hornets to talk basketball. At the end of every podcast. Oh, God, let's not do that. <laughs> That's like depressing. <laughs> that is so depressing. Anyways, we want to thank everyone for listening and helping. We want to thank everyone for listening and helping our show grow. If you like us, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at meowmixmailbag at gmail dot com. You can also follow us on Twitter at meowmixpodcast. You're awesome. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday to recap the game and talk about any interesting things that happened. Until then, everyone, keep pounding.